All right, everyone. You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how Payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action, ranging from basketball to golf, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front-row seat to all the action. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement every night and is simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users all across sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's no better place to get in on all the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using the code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Oh, harder, baby. And folks, just like that, we are getting started here on Stick and Rink episode 24, coming at you, not live, not yet, but we're here. The fellows are here. We are officially in March. It is March 1st, everyone. That's right. You've time traveled all the way through an entire year of a pandemic, pretty much. But just like people are going to tell you life's back to normal, you don't even have to really wait for that because we've got you back to normal right now. I'm joined, by, as always, by... Uh, my co-losers, Josh, how you doing? And Uncle Raffle. Raffle, Hello. how are you? I'm super good. I am very excited because it is officially the last day of my dry February. So the moment the clock crosses over from February 28th to March 1st, I am going downstairs and grabbing a glass of whiskey and starting off my month right. Nice. And yeah. this, is, this is your Friday, isn't it? Yeah, it's my Friday. So I got oh, my weekend ahead of me. Fucking, uh, fucking lined up perfectly, didn't it? Yeah, coincidentally. We never and thought no it would happen, sh- but it's gonna happen. No slip ups? No, none. I I yeah, I what's it called? Um no smoking weed, no drinking any alcohol. Uh I had a cigarette once. Besides that, we were fucking good to go the entire month. Damn. How, yeah. how do you feel? I feel good. I, I've noticed like changes in my body. Like I've thinned out a little bit, which is kind of sick. Um, the bags below my eyes have gotten smaller. I've noticed. Uh, yeah, I'm just I, I feel good. I feel a lot more there, a little bit more coherent. If that makes sense, like I find that sometimes I like space out. Some if I had, like a long night, like if we had beers or something, and I go to sleep and wake up the next day, it's like I'd feel kind of groggy and out of it. But it's like I haven't felt that way in over a month, so I feel pretty good. Yeah, you don't have noodle brains anymore. You got some good, some good fucking. What's the what's the word? You got little electrodes? No, fucking neuropathways. You got some good neuropathways going on with yourself. Hey, there right you now. go. You also sound like you have some good neuropathways going on. Yeah, mine take a bit to fire up. Mine's like an old lawnmower kind of. <laughs> Which you just uh, got to pull the draw cord on it like five or six times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Realize it has no fuel in it, then you're like, all right, I'll be back. <laughs> so it's not just us two today. We do have Josh joining us all the way from Buttfuck New West. Josh, how you doing? <laughs> 
I feel like you're saying that as if you guys are next door neighbors or roommates. We're all in like a fucking triangle. If anything, Raph is in the middle of nowhere because I'm closer to you, Elijah. So it's true. Dude, and fuck I, you. I live this... in the Mecca. Yeah, fuck you. you. Elijah still talks to me like I'm from Poland, okay? Yeah. There's true. so many times on the episode where he's like, hey, you might not know this, but here, I'm just like, dude, I grew up in <laughs> I grew up yeah. in BC. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, but boys, I'm doing well. I uh no, there's not a whole lot going on in the hockey world. Uh, I'm still lifting weights on like two to three days a week, which is nice. Um, but Raph, I actually have a question for you. So, yeah. so I was doing dry February. You and I agreed to it. I cracked yeah. out on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. Um, so seven days. My one question to you, because I brought it up to one of our buddies and he's asking me like, Josh, like, why do you like, why are you doing dry February? And I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, me and Raph agreed to it. Yeah. And he's like, dude, he's like, you don't even drink. He's like, you literally have like, what, like two white claws a week, if that. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, that's pretty fair. Yeah. Um, so I was going to ask you like on a how, like how many drinks do you have like per week? Uh, I would say like I, like if we go if we have like a night where it's a bender probably more but like yeah but like but like during covid like just regular covid covid was a covid was like a bender kind of two month or, thing sorry, but like like if like, you if you were to give me like, like the average week yeah like the average, average week, week i would probably have like give or take seven drinks okay. so nothing that's like Good. insane there'd be a couple days where i'd have two or like a couple days where i'd have three but then there'd also be days where i wouldn't have any you know what i mean right so and i'd say it balance out between like seven to maybe like nine ten right so you're basically yeah. averaging out one drink a day pretty much yeah i'm not getting like hammered or annihilated or anything no. like that like again once in a while i'll do that with you guys but that's about the extent of it totally okay yeah. yeah i was just curious because he's like dude he's like you don't even drink enough he's like you don't have to put your body in a cleanse yeah if, if you don't drink and i'm like oh i'm like yeah that's kind of true so i just got i got i didn't get wasted on super bowl i was like a little buzzed in like the first half but by the second half i was done so yeah I was just curious. E, how yeah. are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, thanks. I think that's an interesting point because <clears throat> like whenever doctors ask you how that same question, how much do you drink each week? And you have to phrase it as like fuck, like I guess I have three in two days, and then, like that averages out to seven. Like, you know, you add one more in there and it averages out to one a day. Right. That's really though, that's the that's those are the people that's most beneficial when it comes to it for for dry feb, I would say. Yeah. Like like obviously an alcoholic would do quite well doing that as well. But yeah. for, for like the average person, you don't really notice how, how well you could feel like, like a guy like me or raffle until you cut out the one a days or the, what is the one a days? Right. Cause then yeah. you're like, it fucking builds up. Like you said, you never feel drunk. You never feel like incapacitated, but you also, you don't feel like you said, as aware, as present, as awake as you normally could. Yeah. And the shitty thing too is that like Elijah, I feel like you and I just genuinely enjoy like let's say like the taste of beer, like genuinely enjoy the taste of whiskey, genuinely enjoy wine, you know, yeah. like stuff like that, which makes it really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, it's it's it's. I would say the time after doing the like, I think I ended up doing two and a half months one time, and it wasn't that like I had a bad view of alcohol after that. It was more just like. It's like when you eat unhealthy food, when you finally grow up and you realize what it's doing to you, you're like, fuck, yeah. like it tastes <laughs> well, so damn good. It's interesting that you say that because there's a stat that says, uh, I was reading a stat. It said that for everybody or for on average, the person who does one like month of no drinking or whatever, 
for the six months that follow that, they are they actually drink less alcohol than they normally would over the course of that six months if they didn't do that one month being sober. Interesting. Yeah, yeah like it, the effect kind of lingers with you for a little bit. Okay, I like that. Awesome. And, and Josh has kind of solved his problems. Like he, you don't even really have like tons of alcohol in the house, right? No, I mean, like I've always had, like you guys know, I mean, I, I have bottles of wine, but like, like when you look at them, like you guys have been over multiple times and there have still been like untouched bottles of wine, like in my house, like that I have, yeah. like I have a, like that, I think there's a Snapchat you guys will know me taking a sip of like that kettle one with like an ugly, ugly look on my face. Dude, I've had that for a year and a half now and it's not even like at the label of kettle one like i do yeah. not touch it like i bear i have a bottle of pink whitney from september that's like barely even like at the like halfway like barely. yeah but you fucking you hammer through that flat of white claws that you got for your birthday no dude i i finished those that lasted bottles. a while dude that lasted until december oh really that's, yeah but the, the thing oh, about no it is that, that was a they, 24 pack they were tall, tall boys yeah, and tall boys and Josh. There was like it lasted a long time, but I would say out of like the twenty-four white claws in there, mm-hmm. there was probably about eighteen of them that were drank in like three different days. Like there was bender oh, yeah. days yeah. in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Like remember that yeah. one time when we when uh, it was it was the three of us and Bailey playing video games and we all just got absolutely annihilated. Yeah, and then I yeah. caught up. Like I drank four in one night. Yeah, yeah. And then they That'll went for another two weeks. Yeah. So, yeah, so anyway, I want to ask a question about your workout. So, Josh, are you going to incorporate leg day at home? I just did leg day. I was telling Ralph, oh. my legs are jelly right now. <laughs> what, did you, um, what did you do? So I did uh, some step ups, which was kind of hard because, like, I'm literally my ceiling is six eleven. I'm six feet, so trying. Yeah, like, I seem to remember that. Yeah, so I try to like. <laughs> trying to like step up on my couch like is already like two feet off the ground so i like hunch but i did those i did some lunges i did some squats just with like the dumbbells like hanging like by my hips um and then some calf raises uh what else did i do and i did some just like some ab work too just to kind of balance it out so it's not my legs that feel like shit so yeah what would you say is your strongest part of your body um like str- not like, like feel, yeah, you know what i mean i feel like anyone's strongest part of their body is probably their back no uh, it might be legs i would say but yeah, I, all all i know all i know is that like my every time i've ever done leg day in the few cases i've ever been to a gym my <laughs> legs are always the ones that like kill the most which makes sense because like even yeah. when you're done your leg workout you're still walking like you're still moving around Almost yeah. like your arms are like, okay, I just won't lift anything heavy for the next four days while my biceps fucking recover from just curling. <laughs> just curls for the girls all day, dude. Yeah, that's exactly. so sick. Um, I, um, but they're well, going I, well. They're going well. Nice. I, I would say, like, the interesting thing is, of course, there's like the strongest muscle group that every person has. But on average, like, I know for myself, my chest, I've got no chest muscles, dude. Like, when I work out my chest, it's shameful. I don't go anywhere near the bench press because I'm like, dude, I'm six four. I'm about to get to my weight later on, and like, if I can't even, I can't even come close to benching a plate. And that's like, there's any girls out there wondering, like, it's kind of a fucking metric in the world of, of guys here. If you can't bench a plate, you ain't got shit, dude. You ain't shit. You yeah. ain't shit. Dude, a pile I, of shit. I'm I'm with you on that though. But you have to remember though, man, is like 
when I'm getting back in th- into this, I'm like, holy fuck. Like, I'm actually, like, weak as fuck. Like, even though the arm looks yeah. really nice in this lighting, mm-hmm. like, there's nothing there. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it, it's, dude, like, like, a plate 45 on each side, so that's 90, plus the bar. Like, that's 135 pounds. Like, to just lock it out for fucking, you know, I don't know, 12, 12 reps over four sets. Like, shit. I couldn't even do fucking up. one, dude. Yeah, yeah. I'm so, dead after one. Yeah. Anyway, as people can tell, we're not a gym podcast. We are not. We're not the workout guys out here. We should do a fucking stick and ring workout one time. I no, dude. When we can, <laughs> when we can start actually like getting out in society, we're easily doing more video content than just our actual like podcast. Yeah. I'll tell like you that. We, I can. Uh, anytime we mention doing things together outside my mind, just fucking fires away, dude. It like gets I just me excited. Just, yeah. I start like, firing on all cylinders. And I think the biggest thing, and we keep talking about it, man, but it's it's fucking skating season, dude. Like I want to yeah. skate with the boys. Like that is really? not even hockey. Like we're going again tomorrow. We're doing a family skate. We're gonna be <laughs> buzzing out there. I'm gonna learn to skate backwards, and my tailbone is gonna be on fire because I'm gonna fall. So let's go. I can't yeah. wait. Yeah, so fun. Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, fuck, Elijah, you idiot. You guys find it uh, weird how we're just like a year into quarantine already? Yeah, right. A year. Dude, yeah. it's actually nuts. Time so, fucking flew by. For listeners out there, if you guys want to get into peak in a peak or like a flashback of what it used to be like and maybe take time travel back into quarantine, go listen to f- episode 49 from season one of Stick and Rink. That was like the first day where we were allowed to all hang out still, but everything was in the process of being shut down. And there's even an episode. We went March 15th and then we went March 18th too. And I imagine that one might be even more electric, but like, just go listen to the first five minutes of those. I, I'm going to do that after it's, it's, it's electric. Do you guys want to do a quick lightning round thing? Sure. Yeah. Let's all name the one thing that we're the most proud of, of learning over quarantine in the last year. All right. Lightning round. Lightning round. Proud thing. I'm most proud of. I started yes. learning Polish. I'm still proud of that. I've fallen off the wagon, but I'm still proud for starting. There you go. Huge. Because I'm a big fucking language guy. I want to be able to do that. Uh, for me, I learned how to skate. Huge. That's huge as well. I learned how to juggle. <laughs> nice. Can you confidently juggle three things? Yeah. Like, like if, on, if you like had to do it right now? If you, like, I, I think one time somebody came up to me and they're like, hey, juggle three beers. And it was like, it was kind of tough <laughs> because they're like a little bit awkward to hold. But no, if you give me spirit. Fair. If you give me spherical objects, 100%, no problem. So I Damn. come to you right now. I'm like, Raph, three tennis balls, go. You're just, Easy. you're Done. circus. Done. Okay. Yeah. Like have you, have you flirted with the fourth yet? No, I have not. I think I can do it because I was really confident with juggling two balls with one hand. But I know it's like the motion's kind of there, but it's a little bit similar. But I have not tried with the fourth, no. That's the moment where you're at like official like Bozo the Clown level if you could do that. Yeah. I was thinking unicycle is going to be the next step up, but I don't want to split my head open. Yeah. Boys, lightning round question for you. I thought about this earlier today after watching the movie Gone Girl, which we're going to be doing a spoiled segment on later. Um, also, heads up, we have Al Murdoch, Canucks uh, PA announcer. What does PA stand for? I should public know that. announcement, I think. Uh, okay, some uh, sounds kind of right. Or like um, public something. Yeah. Anyways, the voice of the Canucks in the arena, I would say. Like every goal, every goal announcement you've ever heard, it's that guy. The guy doing the woo, that's the guy. Great interview with him coming up. Um, but I have a question. Is the only way to generate semen through jerking off? Wait, sorry, say that one more time. 
is the only way to produce semen by jerking off. Wait, you produce semen by jerking off? Your body well, like, just stores semen like, up until you jerk off, and then it just fires out. So on that on that note, like, is there scientifically a way to like syringe semen out of someone, or mm. is like the only way to produce semen? Oh, by jacking off. Okay, I'm sorry. Like, sorry, I... like produce a sample of semen. Like, I know that's okay. the conventional way because it's like pretty fucking natural to do dude, it. Dude, but, like, I thought you, I thought you meant like produce like sperm within your within your fucking within your coin purse and i'm like what the fuck are we talking about right now um no, dude, dude I, I don't i don't know maybe stick a needle in there and see what comes out i, I don't know I, I think the only way to do it is by masturbating isn't that That's sick. That's like sick. that i made the analogy earlier to, when i was talking to megan are you saying that your body produces a lot more are you saying that your body produces semen on the fly I don't know. Like, I think it's always there. Like, I think it's literally in your testicle, but I don't, I don't think it's just like, I, I, I'm saying it's like a, like a, a neon <laughs> stick, like a glow in the dark stick that hasn't been cracked, you know? Like, okay. it's the, the, the stuff's there, but like, if yeah. you don't fucking crack it, it doesn't do anything. <laughs> Raph, okay. Raph, Raph's reading like a WebMD article as you're talking. He's trying to no. put it together because I, I got, like I got distracted. You want to, do you want to know why I'm cracking up right now? Because I Googled, I was like, how does the body produce semen? And then I looked down the page, and you know how it gives you, like, relatable questions at the bottom? Yeah. <laughs> the first one is just like, is it healthy to eat sperm? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> You're like, damn. It's yeah. like, so is it healthy to have a fucking cock in your mouth all the time? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, we... We can pose that as one of our first mailbag questions. Misconception. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll get the train back on tracks here. Uh, we'll just skip over this. I stepped on the scale one more time. I, I gained 15 pounds since I last did it. Fuck my life. Um, I'm up to guys. I'm up to 265 now. I think I'm a fucking offensive no, lineman not. at this. You're not at I'm, 265. I'm at 265 now. Okay. Well, I, I actually like. I'm not even. I don't look 265. Like that's fucked. Okay, here's here's Wait, stand up, where it is. Stand up real quick and show us. Show, do, give us a twirl. What? I'm not gonna give you. I have to like adjust my laptop and everything. I'm not doing okay. that. Give us a twirl. I'm not subjecting <laughs> myself to this fucking abuse. Here, Elijah. <laughs> this is how I know you don't need to be worried. This is how I know. We last week family skate. We're like, all right, boys. We're gonna be doing hot laps around the ice. Elijah, to my knowledge, you did yours in 18 seconds, and I did mine in 19. And you weigh probably nine. I'm 170. So, yeah, you're like 90 pounds heavier than I am. He's got yeah. longer so, legs, though. That's well, a lot of meat going into the ice. That's why. I know. But, hey, yeah. Laja, when I start beating you around the ice, then I'll start calling you chunky. Until then, <laughs> don't even worry about it. You're I'm, perfect. I'm fully, I'm fully confident that once the ice times start opening up and I'm bobbing and weaving everywhere, dude, I think, I think I'll be able to shed it off. And yeah. honestly, I kind of am more excited in my 265 state than I would be at like a 220 because I know that like it's almost like having a bank account with a shit ton of disposable income. You're like, oh, I could blow through this if I want. And it's like I'm looking at it like, hey, if I if I actually wake up and like I want to do something, I could fucking blow through this if I wanted to. <laughs> but I, yeah, that's like that's a dumb way to put it. But that's the way I'm thinking right now. So you I can do that. it if you wanted to. But if you wanted to, could you keep it consistent? No, that's I've actually I've I've pretty maintained uh pretty consistent on this that A, I don't think I've been in the best shape of my life yet. Like I think I'm still gonna do it one day. 
but I also don't <laughs> think there's I don't think there's any hope of me ever being like a fit guy for good. Like I think yeah. after I, that after that peak, I think I just go downhill for good. I right. think you peaked at the end of high school, beginning of university. I don't think so. Look look was, back look back at photos. <laughs> dude, I was oh. not in shape. I was never in shape though. Or sorry, but, I was in shape. I was never strong. That doesn't matter though. In yeah, shape can mean a whole whole assortment of things. Yeah, you know but, what I mean. Like it's just a it's a perspective type thing. I feel of what you I, consider being in shape. Um, I feel like we're getting off the rails here. You think which so? I don't mind. But we've already <laughs> talked about the gym with me and my scrawny yeah. ass little workouts. Now we're talking about Elijah's big fucking thunder thighs that he has. <laughs> that's, that's where the 265 is. It's in the ass and the inner thighs, dude, man. Dude, I died. I love how you actually like look down for a second just to make sure they were still there. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can like, still Elijah, see them hanging off the was, chair the same way as they used to. Like, I was going to say, I'm like, Elijah, you can't miss them. You don't need to look down and see if they're still there. You'll know. <laughs> <laughs> fuck me man i need to start drinking some more and smoking cigs yeah, burning through these fucking calories um rip darts okay so hockey talk yeah stick and uh, ring podcast hockey podcast we we don't actually um have a lot to say about vancouver i mean at the end of the day like we can dissect it we can break it down and unpack as my english teacher always used to say <laughs> But yeah. at the end of the day, the Canucks are still dog shit. Like, I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, it's just a thing. Like, we're just not good right now. Like, the fact that we're competing with Ottawa right now is really upsetting. Um, yeah. And they're and, they're turning it up right now, too. That's the yeah. kind of scary part. And I think the worst part was, is in our season preview, we're like, yeah, Ottawa's so fucking bad. And like, <laughs> like, we're, like. <laughs> we're almost sub basement with those guys so canuck fans i'm gonna stop shit talking ottawa because they might pass us <laughs> I'm, hey i'm still i still have a full year-long subscription to the canucks making the playoffs i will not hop off the wagon i'm one of those guys that if you look at the fan wagon or <laughs> that's a sick name the yeah, fan wagon of fans can we trademark that i think so like why has it not been called that already? Fan wagon TM. If you if you look at that, I've literally built I'm a homeless man who does not move his shopping cart. Like I'm on the same corner of the bandwagon my entire life. I will not move. Right. What happens when the math- police get there? That's the that's the mathematician saying they can't make it, and I'll say, Don't worry, I'm here till next year. Fuck off. And 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 this is and this is one thing that I will say is I'm not about to say the Canucks are actually like a bad team. Like they are bad right now, but yeah. they are they're just having a bad year. I think that's what the okay. biggest word in this all, all of this is, is they're just having a shit year. That's all this is. Do I still think they're good? Yes. Do I still think they'll be competitive? Yes. Their core is still awesome, but this is just a bad season. Everyone has them, you know, like, like look at Tampa Bay. Like they won a cup in 04. They took probably another 13 years to build that franchise to actually get it somewhat competitive, like, sorry, but like, you're going to suck for a little bit. Like this is still part of the rebuild, I would say for Vancouver, you know? So, and if we can get one more pick, I'm excited. Yeah. The only thing that scares me is it's almost reminiscent of Calgary and what they went through. Like Mm -hmm. the, the early playoff success against the Canucks and even maybe a couple of years after. And then, you know, after that year, kind of saying, okay, we've got our core. It's going to develop from here over years, and it's kind of like sputtered. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of scary to think about. 
It is, but, yeah. And I mean, I think also at the same time, though, like you have to remember, at, like you look at Calgary's like core, well, you know, they, they have Monaghan and Goudreau, but they never had like a solid goalie prospect that ever like fully panned out. Um, true. They had an aging defenseman in Mark Giordano. Um, you know, so there's different intangibles, whereas like here, like in Vancouver, you have, you have Bo Horvat, who is a, just a well-seasoned guy uh, with good leadership skills. You've got back-to-back Calder nominees. And, a, or sorry, yeah, one of them is a winner. So, like, I think the the situation is a little bit different. But, yes, I agree. Like, there is that possibility. And, totally. and I still stand by the statement, finding a solid goaltender is very hard. It is very hard in this league to actually, like, find a gem like a Mark andre or a Carey Price. But, like, those guys were, like, top 10 draft picks when they got drafted. Like, you know, when was yeah. DiPietro drafted? Second round? Uh, oh, um, Mikey DiPietro. Yeah. I have no idea. I think maybe even later than that. Yeah. So, anyway, I mean, I think this is just a bad year. Um, yeah. But yeah. Third round. It's all good. I, so, yeah. The one, one hockey question I had before we throw it over to our interview um, was – what do you think about the idea of the Canucks being sellers at the deadline? Just in the fact that it's kind of a unique year. Um, and the main argument against that I've heard is, is, tr- is trying to avoid that losing culture, kind of the Edmonton curse. Like you don't want to do that. What, what do you think about that? Do you think there's, do you think there's weight behind holding on to your players to try and remain competitive throughout the season? Um, I don't know. I, I think in a year like this where it's a 56 game year, like if the if the season was at regular length, how many games did we play? Twenty six. Yeah, something like that. I wouldn't be nearly as worried if we were playing eighty two because I'm like, guys, I'm like, we still have a seventy five percent season to play. Um, yeah. But I think in Vancouver's situation, I think offloading certain contracts and shit is going to help you because, like, you have Pedersen and Hughes, like they're going to want big money. I think you need to start that now. It's like, hey, look, like let's have. Let's have one bad year. Let's get let's get some cap space and let's actually start now building around these guys. You know, let's get new veteran leadership. Let's start signing certain UFAs to good contracts. Because now when you do that, if you unload like these shitty cap hits like a Louis Erickson or a Brandon Sutter, what you do is then you now when you're like cap strapped it's not the fans aren't saying like oh well it's because we have louis eric since we have brand sutter it's like no, no no now we don't have money because we're protecting our core guys which i think is a way better argument than being like well yeah we overpaid for this old fuck and it's like now it's like that can't be a reason anymore you know what yeah. i mean so totally i think at the deadline if the canucks are going to be sellers i think you just have to be very very in tune with what money you want to spend on Hughes and Pedersen in the off season. And that's really going to dictate whether they're sellers or not, definitely not buyers, but just sellers. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. I like that answer. I'll keep it as my own. Uh, all right, guys, we're going to send it over to our interview here with Al Murdoch. Uh, please just take his voice in. Like just, if you're listening in the car, don't close your eyes. If you're at home, close your eyes for a second. When he announces the Pedersen, the Horvat line that he has, just take that all in for a second. It's fucking music to my ears. Here we go. Al Murdoch. All right, everyone. 
Once again, we're back to interviews here. And let me just start out by saying this. Now, I've been intimidated by faces many times. I get nervous around girls. I get nervous around celebrities. Even just images sometimes shake me. But if you've ever had someone walk in a room and just say one word that just sets the tone, not even with the word, but just the sound of their voice, this is the guy to do it. We've got Al Murdoch on the show, the PA announcer for the Canucks. Really one of the kings of the voiceover community, just a legendary voice. Al, how are you doing today? I, I'm good. I didn't know where you were going with that intro. To be honest with you. I thought, Me as well. I you were talking yeah. about faces that scare people. And if, if you know, I've got one of those sometimes. Yeah. So uh, I might be in that category. Yeah. <laughs> I love um, it. Uh, we're happy to have you today. Yeah, it's, it's a good time. So we've got a ton of questions for Al here. Um, we try and be a little different than the other podcasts out there. We're, we're going to try and avoid the question where we get you to, where we basically like hire you on the spot to intro our podcast. But let, let's start out here. Guys, sometimes I just don't feel ready in my lungs and in my throat. Is there a voice warm up that you have? Oh, there's there's more than one. Um, you know, because uh, you know, as you get older too, your voice starts to change. Uh, when you're young, you know, being guys, you know when that when that when that oh happens, yeah right. We all know when that happens. Yeah. Um, and when you get older, uh, your voice changes as well. So over the years, and I've been doing this a long time, as I got you know kind of in my 40s, it started to change. And as I got into my fifties and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to tell you how old I am. Okay. I'm, I'm going to be 55. <laughs> okay. That's it. Uh, but it changes. So in the morning when I wake up, it's, it's pretty groggy. I make sure that I have lots of, uh, fluids, lots of water and a lot of, uh, you, you guys ever done, uh, lip trills? It's called lip trills. No. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. And, uh, you know, just uh, really don't overwork your voice uh, as soon as you get up in the morning. You let it kind of mature and maturate just like, uh, you know, like you're making a fine wine. You, you, let, yeah. that, you let that sucker boil, boil a little bit. Uh, and then uh, when you get to live stuff like PA announcing, uh, you let the microphone do a lot of the work. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Uh, if, you've, if you work on a good mic and a good system, uh, it can do a lot of the work for you. Nice. Yeah, but at the end of the day, we don't want to discredit you too much, right? But yeah, so, it, it is what it is. But, uh, you know, uh, like I said, I've been doing it a long time and you got to remember that that these things are a muscle and uh, you got to take care of them. Uh, yeah. It's it's no different than uh, I would, uh, you know, I would liken it to a professional athlete. If you if you take care of it, you stretch it out, you uh, you take care of it. You don't uh, you don't drink too much on the nights before you do stuff. <laughs> uh, you, you should be safe. Nice. Now, is it is it? It's just a quick question. Sorry. Is it true that things like dairy can definitely impact the overall quality of your voice? Because uh, I've heard that before with like singers and whatnot, right? Like again, and just be careful. Pitch, I we've, say. Got, we've got a huge dairy farmer listener base too. So be careful <laughs> with this winter. Watch out. You know, milk, milk is good. Um, <laughs> so, is, so is oat milk and almond milk. Uh, but uh, yeah, for some people, it's definitely, uh, uh, it, it influences uh, how it sounds. Because what it does is it just builds up mucus. Uh, yeah. And I didn't know we were getting into the doc, doc, doctorate of, of, of voiceover, but, uh, you know, peanut butter is not a good thing. Uh, no way. You know, a lot of the dairy kind of products will definitely, uh, you know, uh, uh, affect your, your voice. A lot of people say you shouldn't drink a lot of caffeine. Uh, you know, oh, there we go. I, have couple, I have a couple of cups in, in the morning to kind of get me going and that doesn't really affect it. But I also have a huge, huge, huge thing of water on my, uh, on my studio desk here uh, throughout the day. And I'm constantly sipping on that nice i was right about to ask is that like the the pre-game drink like is there anything other than water that you drink that gets the pipes going uh you know a uh, tea 
nice yeah. a nice lemon ginger tea that'll work there you uh, go and I, and I sip on uh, on that i'll probably go through at least three cups of uh, ginger tea uh <laughs> throughout the games too not only that but because especially now because there's no fans uh it's freezing in rogers arena that's like that's really, what i oh. saying yeah and yeah. so I, I it's not only for the voice but it's for the hands too i'll just hold on to that sucker uh <laughs> <laughs> you know, throughout the period uh, until I got to hit that goal horn and hit the mic and then I put it down. But uh, yeah, uh, lemon ginger tea is a, is is one for me. I love that. No way. That's awesome. I would never I guess. I have to start call. I think we're going to have to start drinking some lemon ginger tea here. Yeah. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> sound like free Al Murdoch's on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Whatever episode we tag this one, it'll be, it'll be brought to you by a non-brand lemon ginger tea. And we'll just drink it the whole time. That's yeah. his choice or, brand. There you or, go. Or, or, or listen, yeah. if you can't afford that, just a little bit of lemon in a little bit of warm water. You're golden there too. That's a And it's cheaper. So I'm going to go yeah. do that after this episode immediately. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Uh, so I kind of have a voice, or, or I don't have a voice. I have a question going back to your voice a little bit. Um, so let's 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 walk it back a bit. You're, at what point do you realize that like your voice is your gift? Is, uh, there, is there like a moment where you're sitting there like, "Damn, I sound good." <laughs> you know what? Um, if, if you talk to a lot of people that use their voice for a living, uh, I will say the vast majority of them say that they don't like the sound of their own voice, and I'm in that camp, one hundred percent. Um, I, uh, you know, I hear from other people that, you know, oh, you've got big pipes or you've got this, you can, you can do this with your voice. You can do that with your voice. But it's it, when I hear back at, at, especially the finished product on, on whether it's a movie trailer that I do, or, uh, you know, a promo for, uh, you know, a major network, uh, you know, in Canada or in the States, I'll listen back and I'll always be critical about how it sounds and, and, and what I could have done to make it sound better, whether or not it was necessarily the sound of my voice or just basically how I approach the script. Uh, but when I was uh, when I was six years old, uh, I uh, I remember listening to and this will date me as well. But I remember listening to a transistor radio. Uh, your parents will tell you about that. <laughs> so my my dad worked for Canadian General Electric at the time, and he traveled all over North America. And he would always bring back from his business trips all the latest gadgets that uh, CGE was was making at the time, whether it be you know whether it be just standalone record players or, or, you know, stereos or just transistor radios. And he brought me this transistor radio home that was in a leather case. And I think I was ahead of my time because I attached that leather case because it had a strap on it around my handlebars and my bike. And I rode around the neighborhood. Uh, it was kind of like, you know, pre Sony Walkman, uh, yeah. pre yeah. all of that kind of stuff. Listening to at the time when I was growing up in Winnipeg, uh, listening to uh, CKY, uh, in CGLB in, in Winnipeg and hearing those voices come out of that little transistor speaker, I knew, or at least I thought I knew that that, that voice was speaking directly to me. So there was an interaction right off the bat and there was an instant connection for me. Uh, and as soon as I heard that voice coming out and kind of just that, that person's talking to me, how cool is that? <laughs> I knew from literally the age of six that I was going to do something with my voice. Didn't know exactly what it was going to be. Uh, but, uh, years later, you know, I got into, uh, into radio and television for many, many years. And then for the last, you know, 20, 22 years, uh, uh doing voice acting and, uh, PA and out everything else, uh, uh, kind of freelance. Uh, so that's where I ended up. That's awesome. Did, did you ever, um, it's like, obviously you have like a good announcing voice now. Can you sing like scale of one to 10? How good of a singer are you? I used to be a really good singer. Uh, yeah. Oh, and that, wow. and that, there's another vocal warm up for, for people that are, 
you know, interested in doing voiceover work. If you've got a good singing voice, that's a plus. But, uh, and again, as I got older, my range, you know, kind of went from, let's say here. Yeah. Kind of, you know, it, it starts because you start using your voice differently as you get older as well. But yeah, I mean, I used to be a really good singer. I used to be in a couple of bands going through school nice. uh, in the choir. Uh, was you know listen a uh, Friday night at somebody's house with a couple of drinks and a piano come on <laughs> Dude, right? serenading everybody right there well, I, yeah, I don't I don't sing as much as as I used to I, I mean I'm a I'm a shower singer like everybody else there you go yeah. Yeah. but uh, yeah I'm I'm certainly not the the, the best singer uh, the, 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 around but I certainly can I can hold my own when I need to. Well, that, nice. that's the thing. I feel like listening to your voice now, like obviously it is a, a really deep one. Like I feel like Al Murdoch singing some Neil Diamond. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. <laughs> Sweet Caroline. You want, there, there you go. go. Yeah, you, know, you know what? I'll leave that for nearly Neil when he does it, uh, when he comes to the games and when there we get the fans go. going again. And it's funny because we still, uh, you might not see it at home. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm sure you don't see it at home now just watching uh, the games, uh, you know, via television. Um, uh, we still run during the, you know, during the timeouts and during intermissions and stuff like that. We still run some of those elements within the building, oh, no uh, and nearly Neil's there and, and some of the other, uh, you know, uh, you know, impressionists as, as it were, uh, we run that stuff and nearly Neil's fantastic. I think he's, he, I mean, he looks the part, uh, he, he's got the residence of Neil and, uh, he, he could sing it way better than me. So don't even ask. I want to ask. <laughs> so. Kind of a follow-up question, Al. I'm painting a picture in my mind right now, and we might get to this later, but the boys and us, we're going to be making a beer league team later in the fall, and we're all new hockey players, so I'm, I'm kind of picturing scenario here. First win we get. If we can find you on Cameo to come in when we're all a little bit buzzed after a couple of beers and sweet sing Sweet Caroline for us, you think that's a vibe that, that you'd be able to, <laughs> to hit us with? Well, I, I may have to increase the price of my cameos. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's gonna be like a, a group rate. Uh, maybe a group rate. I don't yeah. know. You, you know what? You never know. If you uh, if you send it to me and I'm available, I might be able to do that for you. So, yeah. uh, and Talk that's about cameo. And that's what cameo is all about. That's what I love yeah. about that app. And they bugged me for well over a year to be a part of it. Uh, when especially when I was doing the personalized goal announcements, you know, for fans when we didn't yeah. when we didn't have hockey. But I didn't feel right about um, you know. Uh, charging people for uh, for that kind of stuff, especially at the at, at the beginning of the of the pandemic, and uh, it was only until recently, basically the end of around Christmas time, when I actually joined Cameo, and yeah. have been doing that. You know, and it's not it's listen, it, I'm not going to become a millionaire by doing it, but you know, yeah. Uh, but it's 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 another way to connect with fans and uh, and and make sure that someone gets a you know a happy anniversary or happy birthday or you know a personalized goal call, which is always fun for me to do. Yeah, nice. That's so awesome. So I, I stole I stole two questions in a row here, but I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot it here. Um, I'm looking around at our room here, and I see three people with pretty average voices, and I also see three people with pretty average jaws. Like you look like you have a very strong jaw. Do you think that plays a part here? Like, do you think that that just strong bass allows you to have such a, you know, like that that classic sound? Wow, I I, I never knew that uh, that you know that, that 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 the voice could come from this part of my <laughs> of my anatomy. I, I, yeah, know, but, uh, I mean it, it could be. I'll tell you a funny story about this this jaw though. Um, <laughs> is that, you know, it, yeah. you know, you take a look at it, and you know it's a nice little cleft. It's a big like you know. Uh, I was never accused of having a small head. That's why I was a catcher in baseball because I could never keep my hat on. <laughs> you know, I was always a catcher, so I didn't have to wear a hat. So I've always had 
uh, a very large skull. Um, so, but in terms of this, I remember being in Hong Kong with my wife on a, on a vacation years ago, walking into one of the, I, I don't know, the 60, 70 shoe stores in, in, in Hong Kong that we had to go into so my wife could buy another pair of shoes. So we were in there and there was one of the, the people that were working there, uh, a short uh, uh, young woman, and she was staring at me for the longest time for probably four or five minutes and, and whispering to her coworker and her co-worker finally just said gave her kind of a nod and so this woman really just a cute cute little woman came right up to me and 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 looked me right in the eye and then put her finger right in the middle of my <laughs> and, and then looked at me and she goes fred flintstone no way <laughs> <laughs> yeah That's and so i said cute. Yeah, and Fred gets twenty five percent off every pair of shoes in here. Correct? Yeah. yeah I'm not Fred but I've I've always had the big jaw. I've always had the nice. cleft. I take after my grandfather in that in that area because my dad actually is very very tiny, very tiny. He's not a very tall guy. He's blonde, blue eyes. You, you know, I don't, I don't resemble much of him other than uh, the cleft in uh, in his chin. There you go. Nice. No way. I, I really didn't ex expect a story to come out of that, but that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you never know where you get started. Um, kind of jumping into, you know, other PA announcers and just kind of announcers in general, like even play by play. Uh, who were some of like your idols kind of growing up and people that like you listen to it and you're just like, wow, like such an amazing voice. And it can be in any sport. It doesn't have to be hockey. Yeah. Um, you know, in terms of uh, in terms of PA announcers, because um, my initial kind of entrance into that uh, field of work was actually uh, in baseball, Major League Baseball. Uh, back in the '90s, uh, there was a, the early '90s. There was something called the Baseball Classic that came to BC Place, and it was Seattle Mariners, it was Detroit, it was Tampa Bay, and I can't remember who the other team was, but it was basically it was over a weekend. And I'd never done PA announcing before, but a friend of mine was producing, uh, you know, he was the guy that basically fronted the money to, to get this thing going. And, and he, 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 you know, I, I worked with his wife in radio and, uh, you know, he asked me, hey, have you ever did, done, done PA announcing? And I said, no, but, you know, I know baseball. I know the formatics of, of, of it and stuff. And so that was my entrance in there was literally doing a major league baseball games, granted exhibition, but at, at BC Place. Um, so I didn't really have a lot of uh, people that I, that I kind of looked up to or looked towards in terms of direction, I kind of just went to, you know, games and kind of listened and saw and heard how kind of they would inflect certain things. Uh, when I got to do the, the Vancouver Grizzlies in the NBA, again, there wasn't a lot of PA announcers that you could, like it was even almost pre-YouTube. Do you know what I'm saying? So there wasn't yeah, yeah. a lot of research that you could do. I mean, I remember going down to Seattle and, and watching a lot of Sonics games as a kid, my dad would, would bring me down there and, and stuff. But it was really when I got, uh, you know, into hockey and my late friend, John Asbridge. I mean, he uh, he was a friend of mine, uh, not only a friend, but, a, you know, a, a mentor of mine for for many, many years. We, we knew each other for well over 30 years. We worked together in radio and John's voice was iconic. So if there was anybody that I... You know, and I, I, I never tried to emulate somebody other than the fact that John is, if you're going to try to emulate somebody as a person, that's the first guy that you look at because he was one of the nicest, uh, most generous people on the planet. So that's the first thing that you do. And number two, you'll learn a lot just through osmosis, you know, yeah. just by, by watching and listening and being a sponge and just soaking everything in. And John, John gave me, you know, a few tips here and there, but you know, at the, in the end, he said, listen, you know, I mean, you're here for a reason, but I, 
like to take a little bit of what I did uh, with the Grizzlies in terms of that type of kind of announcing, not too over the top, but, you know, enough where, you know, you, you create excitement and then take some of the traditional stuff uh, that John kind of brought to the game for the many years that he was doing it and kind of meld those together. And, and, I, and I think that I, I found a nice little sweet spot, at least for me, comfortably uh, doing. And, and I think it's resonating with, uh, with people in Vancouver because I started in 2010 and, you know, John and I shared the, the position for, for many years until he started uh, kind of easing out of the position and wanting to retire. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, so uh, it was a, it, listen, if you're going to step into somebody's shoes uh, and, 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 and follow uh, somebody, uh, Ashbridge is, is, is the best guy to do it because he, he was welcoming, he was generous, and he said, you know, in his last year before he retired, he just said, Al, it's yours. I mean, I want you to run with it and make it your own and yeah. have fun with it. And uh, and up until his, his passing, uh, we would still get together, you know, monthly for, you know, a couple of beers at uh, at the local watering hole. And, and, and we wouldn't talk a lot of hockey, I'll be honest with you. We, we talked a lot about just life and family and and all the stuff that was going on in the world. And that, uh, that is more important to me than anything. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Love that. That's, awesome. That's awesome. And uh, 2010, hell of a year to jump in, hey? Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go, Al. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was crazy um, because uh, it was the 2010-2011 season. So yeah. John had had a, uh, he had a heart attack and was... Uh, oh, no way. Yeah. And uh, he was in the hospital uh, getting a pacemaker put in. And I got the call, you know, from uh, uh, at the time, uh, Karen Bryden who's now Karen Christensen and she was the head of, you know, of game presentation. And we had worked together with the Grizzlies and I was just coming back from vacation. And she said, listen, John's in the hospital. Are you available to do the game tonight? And it was like, you know, the first, first game of the first series of, of the playoffs. And it was like, sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, oh, let boy. me just, let me just uh, drop off my family at home. We had just landed and uh, I rushed to the rink and, and did the game and did a, I think I did two or three games and then uh, knowing John because he was such a workhorse and he loved the job so much, you know, a, a heart attack couldn't stop him from going to the ring. So <laughs> he, uh, he came back and, and finished that, of course, the series. Uh, and, then, and then after that, like I said, he st- slowly started to kind of ease back and kind of go, maybe I want to yeah. spend a little bit more time with my wife and, and retirement. And he had a place down in Vegas in Henderson. Bill, I think it's Henderson. Yeah, Henderson. And right. uh, he, uh, you know, he, he eased back a little bit. And, uh, and, and that's when I, when I really enjoyed it because we both, we both did it. You know, he would do the, he would do a lot of the big games like the, you know, the original six teams. He'd do the Leafs, you know, he'd do the Rangers. He'd do, he'd do the Canadians and all of that stuff. And, uh, and then we'd share the position and that was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Did you, even like leading up to it in the beginning of it back in 2010 and just starting to do announcing, do you ever have any like, nervous moments where you just felt like there were a lot of people who were going to be listening to you and it's like don't screw up don't screw up don't screw up or if you had any situations where you did screw up are there any well, right, had any flubs are there any memorable ones yeah i mean like i, I remember john was uh, uh just a quick story when i first got into radio right out of high school uh it was at uh, cknw and they were located at the time in new westminster right at uh 815 mcbride uh, which is, I think, now a shopping center or something. But mm-hmm. um, he uh, he was one of the first guys that I met when I when I started there. And he, uh, you know, he came in and introduced himself and we chatted for four or five minutes. And I was just a board op at the time, just kind of running the commercials and, and the talk shows and, and the hockey broadcasts and all of that stuff. And then John, John I remember the, the first time I met him, we he just tried to define what kind of an attitude I had and what my parents did, where I was from and all that kind of stuff. And he said, well, well, Al, welcome to CKNW. Don't F it up. 
that was John's f- favorite phrase to me all the time was, you know, hey, you're doing, the, you're doing the game Saturday night. You know, don't F it up. And, <laughs> and, uh, and you know what? And, and we're, we're, John will, you know, would have told you, you know, had he been here with us that uh, we all make mistakes. And, uh, you know, there's a few mispronunciations here and there. I mean, mm-hmm. I think. I think the one that makes me laugh the most was actually one of those first few games that I did filling in for John uh, was uh, for some reason I was, again, you talk about being nervous. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was the first or second game that I did, but it was just in the middle of the the, the game. Like it was like the, the puck was in the neutral zone. I, I mean, I just was just really nervous because I had, because I couldn't control the goal horn as well. Right. So <laughs> I've, I've, got, I've got my hand kind of, you know, as soon as the puck kind of starts moving into the neutral zone or into the, you know, into the yeah. offensive zone, I kind of start putting my hand towards the goal horn just in case. And for some reason um, I, I just, laid on that goal horn right, right in the middle of the play and it's yeah. like ah. and of course everybody on the ice is like what the heck's going on like, the crowd's doing the same thing but yeah, yeah. at the end of the game you think it's the biggest thing that you've ever done you'll never work again and you know yeah. all that kind of stuff but again it's like it, like anything else we're human we make we make mistakes and life does yeah. come on and there's more to life really there is yeah. more to life than uh, than a hockey game and, and somebody that makes a mistake, whether it be on the ice or you know, up yeah, in the also, PA perch. That's also a pretty harmless mistake, though. You know what I mean? Like everybody can look past that. It's just yeah, sure. gosh darn dual responsibilities that these people get sometimes. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think the thing is, is that now because of social media and specifically Twitter, gosh, yeah. No, Twitter, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, people are just on it right away, and yeah. Like, oh my gosh, you know, did you believe, you know, what happened here or if something happens? And then, I mean, it's, you know, you really have to, it's got to be water off the duck's back. It really does. Because, you know, mm-hmm. those people, those people just like, you know, I wouldn't go into your office and say, hey, you, you screwed up there. You know, yeah. You do. Mm-hmm. But again, it's, it's, it's what we do. And you have to take that with the job. I don't even pay attention to it. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I'm up there. My job is to first, as Ashbridge would say, your job first, Al, is to inform. Your second job is to entertain. And nice. so that's what you do. And at the end of the day, you do your best job. And if it's not your best job that night, well, you come back the next game and you, and you work twice as hard. Exactly. Yeah. 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 This, this is exactly what I tell myself before I play video games, too. Ah, Get myself jacked up I know. And there's no pressure. Nobody's going to make fun of you. Yeah. But it feels like it. I swear in the moment it does. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, um, screw off for a second, Josh. I had a question. Um, so we kind of talked about mistakes there for a second. And um, I imagine you wouldn't let it get to this point where I, I want to ask if there's a, a name out there, a player's name, Canucks or other team that kind of constantly gave you problems. Like even though you might've rehearsed it or just like a name out there where you're like, you know what? I might mess this one up tonight. It's probably, you know what? I don't, I don't, I try not to think that way. Like I try to, yeah. those, those kinds of names, the ones that you would look at where they've got literally you know, 15 consonants and two vowels, <laughs> yeah. right? You look at those names, you go, oh my gosh, you know, how do you pronounce that? Uh, yeah. You know, like Slater Cuckoo. If you look at that name and you see how it's spelled, yeah, you wouldn't, you know, yeah. necessarily uh, announce it that way. But I always look at those kinds of names. Like I loved saying, even though they were from the other team, I, I quite enjoyed saying, not when I was announcing goals, but if they got a penalty or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, Athanasiu is such a great name. Yeah, that's a good you hockey know, name. Such a wonderful, wonderful name. Uh, there's a lot of, like, like uh, Petrangelo. It's not Petra Angelo, it's Petrangelo. 
So, mm-hmm. and, and when you go and like when I was doing the NHL all-star game last year and I was in St. Louis and I was doing every single uh, player from every division and introducing every single one of them, yeah. uh, you want to make sure that not only are, you know, you, you get it right, but you, you, get it, you get it right on how they announce it in their particular ranks as well. Yeah. So we've got, we've got something called the PA Brotherhood where all of us guys in the league, we get together and uh, we have Zoom calls all the time and we, we find out, you know, about certain players coming up. And there's a, a great website called announcerhelp.com. That we all, <laughs> that we all uh, literally throw in files at the beginning of the season uh, of all of our rosters. So all of the guys in the, in the, in the league uh, can go in there and listen to how the local guy announces the name. Interesting. So, right? No so, way. Because you'll hear you'll hear TV broadcasters, is it Tavares? Is it Tavares? You know what I mean? It's, yeah. You'll hear different pronunciations. And what we like to do is go right to the source, right to the player. How do you pronounce your name? I remember when Petey got here, yeah. it was like, oh, yeah. is it Peterson? Is it Patterson? Is it, you know, blah, blah, blah. So you go, a lot of times you try to go to, if you can't get to the player, then you go to, like, in, for example, with the Canucks, I'd go to Chris Bremwell. And I would go to Kim and I would say, listen, how does PD want his name announced? Or how does, you know, uh, Nils Hoaglander, uh, how does he want it announced? Does he want it the Swedish way? Does he want it the... So for me, like for PD, I try to incorporate kind of a North American and and European way. So it's, you know, Elias Peterson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so sick. Right? I try to put put both, uh, kind of a mixture in, just to make it fun for me and make sure they like it. it. And, you know, I was worried after Bo Horvat, because it was really the spur of the moment thing when I first announced Bo's name the way that I do it now, uh, was it was just like, Bo (laughs) Horvat. And and, and, like, it just kind of came out of me. And like, even the guys and, 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 and people, you know, on, on the game presentation team were looking at me going, wow, we like that. Yeah. And, but, like, <laughs> but does Bo like that? So uh, yeah. I haven't heard anything whether he doesn't. So and I know that the crowd likes it. So um, that, so I continue to I continue to do it. I love That's that. cool. Al, after you after you brought that up, I pulled up the website right now. And I'm just like going through the entire roster of players like this is actually it's nuts. Like, it's it? like you're actually looking at like a thesaurus or something like that. And every single name is just drawn out for you. Yeah, and, and now, because uh, uh, Ryan uh, in Pittsburgh started it, and, yeah. uh, and I need, I, now it's like a, it's a pay-for-subscription kind of base thing. So yeah. if, if other people, for example, uh, you know, whether they're PA announcers or not, want to know exactly how to pronounce names, because they'll write it out phonetically for you, mm-hmm. or you can listen to all of the files that every PA announcer uh, posts up there. And then yeah. you hear exactly how the, the names should be pronounced. So it, it, it's been a wonderful uh, thing for all, of us, <laughs> uh, especially when new guys come up, you know, from the AHL or new guys yeah. coming in from uh, from Russia or from Europe or wherever they happen to be coming from. Uh, it's uh, it's a really good uh, uh, information based place for for all of us to go. Oh, absolutely. That's awesome. Um, all right. So obviously we are Canucks podcast. So I'd like to talk supposedly. A Supposedly. <laughs> yeah. Supposedly. Um, Canucks, where are they at? What are your thoughts? Kind of give me like a one minute spiel on, you know, what's happening. What's your take on the season so far? Well, first off, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people ask me this all the time. Like people will stop me in the street. They'll recognize my voice at, uh, you know, at the little coffee shop or whatever. And they'll <laughs> try to bend my ear about 
about what are my thoughts about the team. At the end of the day, it really doesn't matter what I think. I'll be honest with you. I mean, do mm-hmm. I want this? You know, do I want the team to do well? Absolutely. Uh, do I feel you know uh, disappointed? Uh, you know, when they put in an unbelievable performance like they have been, uh, or you know, or, or they're right there and they're losing those one goal games. Am I disappointed? Absolutely. Uh, but I am not a general manager. I am not a head coach. I am not in the in the business of of scouting. So there's, it, I, I know that people don't think about it all the time, but I'm thinking about it all the time because I there's no way I could do that job. It is way yeah. above my pay grade. Uh, I mean, I love hockey. I know you know I know every player in the league pretty much. Um, I know every team. I know uh, you know a lot of the uh, of how they got there, so on and so forth. But in terms of me. Uh, giving my opinion on where I think they're at. I mean, they're at where they're at because of the situations in the games that took place, whether they be breakdowns, whether they be lucky bounces. You know, um, mm-hmm. I'm 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 a Canuck fan through and through. I was born in Manitoba, so I was a Jets fan even yeah. before we were in the National Hockey League. So, uh, but you know, and I moved literally coast to coast. I've lived in almost every province in in the country. But when I moved out here. Uh, and, and made this place my home. Uh, the Canucks were my team, and uh, and they have been. I remember the first Canucks uh, game that I went to that my dad took me to. Uh, it was 19. It was the early 70s, 1971. And uh, so I've been following that that this this organization ever since then, not knowing back then when I was a little kid that I'd be actually announcing the players' names, yeah. which blows my mind every once in a while when I think about it. But yeah. um, at, at the end of the day, I want them to do well. Um, I want the, the young guys uh, to come up and play to their potential. I want the, the older guys, the leaders, to, you know, expound their, their knowledge of the game and make them better players, and, and I want them to win. But um, for, for me to say, oh, well, this is why they're losing, uh, you know, you hear everybody, you know, when you're listening to the post-game show on the way home, and everyone's got the answer, you know, everyone's got the reason why they are the way they are. But until you're in that position and you're trying to find players and you're trying to make a trade or you're trying to build a franchise, um, I think my opinion means <laughs> absolutely nothing. I just want to announce a lot of Canuck goals and push that goal horn. That's what I wanted. Heck yeah. Hey, man, even if there's no goals, you can still push that goal horn. We won't complain. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you know, it is it is tough when, when we get shut out and I don't get to hit yeah. that goal horn. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. It's a lot of fun, man. I mean, it's... Uh, I believe it. You light up an arena with that button. Wait, I'll tell you. It's, uh, you know, when I get to hit that, especially when we... You remember that 9-2 win over Boston? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, when I hit that goal horn... Nine times, and of course, when you get to that point, when let's say we hit the, let's say that you know we score three goals, and the first goal it'll be once, we hit yeah. two goals, it's like bah bah, we hit three. Yeah. When I, when we were scoring nine, I like I couldn't hit it nine times. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Dude, yeah. you would have started a line brawl on the ice if you tried to do that. <laughs> exactly. So uh, uh, you know that's that that's that's the fun part of the job. So uh, I, I and again in in the end, I want them to get to the Stanley Cup. I want them to bring the cup. Here to Vancouver because we have such a passionate fan base, good and bad, um, and uh, and I think we deserve it. I think it's it's our time, and it, it, may, it may not happen this year, it may not happen next year, but I'm hopefully hoping in the next five six years that we're going to have a shot at uh, at bringing that cup here. I love it. I, I actually have a question about the goal horn. Is it actually like a big red button or like is it a switch? Like what is it? 
It's uh, I, I've posted it on my on my Instagram and 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 Twitter and and, and other social media. It's kind of like a, it's kind of a circular kind of yeah. steel casing. It's heavy. It's probably about ten or twelve pounds. It's really yeah. you know wow. It's got this big kind of black button in the middle, and uh, it's you know we test it before every game to make sure it works because you know inevitably you'll get to a game if you don't test it. That'll be the game that it, it doesn't work when you hit it. And we've we've had a couple of games over the last I know in in, in my tenure over the last ten years where the, the for some reason the goal horn. Uh, didn't work, but we test that sucker out, and it, so and again, when 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 I'm when the play is is in the neutral zone, going into the offensive zone, I'm slowly moving my hand. It's kind of putting like putting your hand on a mouse for, yeah. for your computer, right? Same sort of thing. And I'm I'm getting ready to hit that because I'm thinking every time that they cross the blue line, they're going to score, right? I'm I'm yeah. trying to be positive, so I'm just ready with that sucker, and I want to push it. And, and with due respect to the other team, you know, I don't want to hold it too long, but I want to hold it long enough where they know. They got scored on. Yeah. <laughs> Just a constant ringing reminder. Exactly. exactly. So, like, small little point. When you said, like, job that you can't even envision doing, when I think about your job, I think about a, bu- a button being there that I'm not supposed to touch. That sounds exactly like a job I'm not capable of doing. Like, right. That's... Well, no, right. I mean, it's there. You, you just you kind of look at it like, you know, those those examples where the you know, where they put, uh, you know, two cookies on, on the table in front of the, the little kid and they say, okay, I'm going to leave the room now. Don't, don't, yeah. don't touch that until I get back. It's, it's almost the same analogy with that goal. It is. Right? It's crazy. But I've, I've, I've got no control over it. I'm leaving it up to the guys on the ice as soon as they score. And here's another thing I guys, I want you to remember, too, is because a lot of times they'll hear, you know, you'll see, well, why didn't the goal horn go on even though the puck crossed the ice? What I'm looking for is not the red light to go on because the red light mm-hmm. to go on, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a goal. Um, and everybody in the in the entire arena might think it's a goal, but what you guys and everyone has to look for is look for the, the, the referee who's low down in the corner. He's the one that has to signal. When he goes like this, that's yeah. who I'm looking for. That's who I'm looking at. And as soon as he does that and points to the goal, that's when I hit the goal horn. Not before. Nice. That is awesome. Okay, sweet. Love that answer, Al. Uh, I got a big question here. This one, <clears throat> I kind of want to hit up every part of your brain here. So the voiceover community and the actors and actresses involved in it, is there a GOATS list? Like, is there a GOAT voiceover actor or a person out there that I don't know about yet or that I don't know it's them? Ooh, that you don't that you don't know? Uh, or, sorry, just the ones out there. Like, I'm thinking in my head in the conversation I'm having, like, all right, there's David Attenborough, there's Mike Rowe, and there's Al Murdoch all in the same, same conversation no. there. <laughs> No, no, I know. Yeah, no. you know. <laughs> gosh, I wish that's very kind of you to say, but um, yeah, I mean, gosh, uh, for me, um, uh, you know, it, when it, it depends on the genre, right? Um, you know, when you look at uh, when you look at uh, voiceover in terms of commercial voiceover, it's so vast, uh, and and the days of kind of the the big announcers, uh, I don't want to say are gone because it's not because it's still kind of the bread and butter of what I do. Um, yeah. but a, a lot of what the voiceover business is now is like, uh, and, and it's, it's voices like yours. I'm telling you, it's, it's, they, they oh, really boy. want people, they want real, they want real people. They want real people to connect with, with the audience and not that I can't connect with the audience, but at the end of the day, my voice is this voice. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's, as hard as, as us 
I guess, quote unquote announcers uh, try to sound like real people. We still we still have these pipes. And a lot of times uh, they'll say, well, you know, that, that that's really good. But uh, you, you still sound like an announcer. So that's where the voice coaching comes in. That's where where all of the, uh, you know, the the acting classes and the, uh, um, you know, the the ad lib the classes that you can take, whether it be theater, sports or uh, all of those kind of things come in to, to make you more of a well-rounded announcer. But if, getting back to the, your question, like if it's movie trailers, it was always Don LaFontaine. He was the guy that okay. uh, that coined the phrase in a world. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he, he was the guy that, and he was a writer. He wasn't even a voice guy. They just brought him in because the, the voice guy that was supposed yeah. to do the spot didn't show up. So yeah. Don jumped in the booth, hence millions of uh, movie trailers later and uh you know he was an icon in, in his business um there's lots of people there's a lot of local guys that uh they, they might not be so much local anymore a lot of them are living in los angeles and, and 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 new york and stuff like that now that are that do great things i mean our our voiceover community is vast it's worldwide now it yeah. never used to be worldwide so, like when i got into it it certainly i mean it was worldwide but if you were doing work in north america uh, you were mostly in North America. They, they, they didn't really use a lot of voices from around the world, but with technology, look at the stuff that we're doing now, just right now, mm -hmm. you, know, you, yeah. can, you can, you can be a voice talent in, um, in, in, in other countries and, and do work. Uh, I, a lot of the people that I look up to are actual actors. Uh, George okay. Clooney, for example, George Clooney, when you, when you see a Jeep spot, uh, yeah. you might not know that it's him, but that's George Clooney. The latest Ford commercials is Brian Cranston. Um, you yeah, know, uh, you know, Matthew McConaughey and Lincoln Matthew was the big one too. Yeah. Uh, Peter Coyote, um, yeah. you know, um, uh, uh, who's, who's the, there's a great, uh, oh, one of my favorite actors of all time, current actor, Tom Hardy, yeah. uh, oh, he, he voices a ton of stuff and he's got, he's got such character to his voice, to his natural voice. That's yeah. what makes those, um, really special to me. Um, That's but I'm still, you know, I'm an announcer at heart, so. Uh, I like I like still like the big booming voice voices from from the past. Bill Curtis, you remember yeah. from from A and E. Uh, yeah. He does a lot of a uh, lot of voice work still. Um, so uh, that that's kind of the genre that I still uh, love, and I still get back to doing even even today. Um, those types of uh, those types of roles. So. Well, with nice. like vo voice acting too, where does where does uh what's what's his name? Andrew Anthony, I believe is his name, the gentleman who does the whole EA Sports intro. Oh. EA Sports. It's in the yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where does yeah. he listen to that? Because I feel like you'd be a very fun person to work with if you've ever. Yeah, well, uh, well, I've done a lot of EA Sports games over the years, man. I've done. Uh, well, hang on, Let, hang on, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, wait a second, I could plug something here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually very interested to see what he comes back with right uh, now. Yeah. I was. I haven't put these up in the new studio yet, but these are like you know, like when EA, like all of the NBA Live. Holy oh my god! Games. Like you know, NBA Live. I was the voice of NBA Live for 13 years. And, Look at uh, that! Yeah, Need for Speed. Three, oh, I love Need for Speed. Need for Speed games, and uh, <laughs> this is this is one of my favorite ones. If I'll, I'll get the sh the sheen off. Oh, of Fight it. Night. Oh my yeah. god! Nice. And you know what? I was That's looking at. Uh, I think it was. I don't know if it was the IMDb for Alberta, but I was looking at it. It said NHL hits as well. Yes, I did that game. Oh, yeah. oh man! <laughs> yeah, it was. Angel hits is how all of uh, all our friends in our group. That's how we settle disputes. It's like you you cheated on my girlfriend. Well, guess what? We're playing hits now to see who's in the wrong. Because because the fights were awesome, right? The fights so were fun, fantastic. It's no, a, I mean, yeah. I, gosh, I I remember voicing that game and how much fun we got to do because there was very little script in that game, guys. That was all ad lib. Yeah. 
It was yeah. all ad lib. Oh, uh, I mean, so cool. whether it be we the whether, yeah, whether it be the kind of the play by play or the PA or the referees or whatever, a lot of us just went in the studio. They open up the mic and just said, you know, here's kind of a skeleton script, and then you guys just fill your boots. And those are yeah. the funnest things to do because it that's kind so of sweet. just comes off the cuff, right? Yeah, that's yeah. wow. Awesome, man. That was just yeah. a giant trip down memory lane there for a moment. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting old. There you go. <laughs> okay. You know what? Um, Al, we can't thank you enough for coming on. This has been awesome. Um, truly, truly a privilege to have you in here. I hope to have you back again. And uh, honestly, I, I think I'm mostly looking forward to uh, everyone's going to say it that next time that we could get fans in Rogers Arena and that first goal call that you get to make with people in the house. That's That's going to be a special call. I know it is. I, I may blow out my voice on that one. I will. I will tell you because, uh, Which? It, sorry, it's, go ahead. It, I, I just give me 30 seconds here. I, I have to yeah. tell you that as, yeah. as grateful as I am about being back, uh, you know, sitting in my, in my, in my perch up there and, and doing what I get to do. There's a lot of people that aren't back, uh, whether they be working in our industry or in whatever industry that they're, they're in because of the pandemic. So I just want to say, first off of, I'm, I'm grateful that I, uh, that I'm back doing it. But second of all, uh, uh, doing it without fans in that building is one of the the strangest things that you could possibly feel uh, doing what we do. And to, to say that we miss the fans is the biggest understatement on the planet right now, because it, without the fans, without you guys, without Canucks Nation being part of the whole show, uh, it's, yeah. it's certainly it's certainly not the same. And I can't wait for everyone to get back into that building. And we need to bring the noise when that happens because, oh, yeah. you know, uh, I'm going to be bringing the noise on my end. I'll tell you that. <laughs> when those player introductions happen, uh, you'll see the biggest smile on my face. Nice. And try and find a way to bring a drum it. in there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can contend with Crazy P. I think that's his name. That guy, yeah, okay. out there. Yeah. We got to get everyone back in the fold because uh, yeah. uh, it's it's not it's not the same without having everyone back. Wow. It's oh, a crazy fair. feeling knowing that's going to happen one day. So I look forward to it. Yeah, All me right. too. Thanks a lot, Al. Thanks, Al. Thanks, Al. All right, boys. That was a great interview with Al Murdoch. Thank you again for him to coming on. Uh, you know. One of the best things about doing all these interviews is you get to see some of the easiest conversations and who who's out there that has some great personalities behind their awesome work as well. And Al's one of those guys like we both we all raved about how easy he was to talk to. And that's our favorite kind of guest right there. Yeah, I agree. That guy was just storytelling. And to me, like those are the best guests, like the ones yeah. that actually like just have like a nice background, like Rick Dollywall was another good one. Mm-hmm. Just always always has a story to tell um and yeah i love it so um now the one thing that he brought up was just obviously being the announcer in uh 2010 i never actually got to ask him this question but it kind of ties into the question i'll ask you elijah Uh, i didn't ask him if he was actually the pa announcer during the 2010 olympics um so never yeah so i wasn't actually sure about that but the reason why i bring up the olympics is today is the 11 year anniversary since Sydney mm. Crosby's golden goal. So, guess who has the fucking DVD set of the 2010 Olympic run and watched the full gold medal game today on, on repeat? This guy. This fucking guy. That guy. Me. <laughs> um, and I was just looking at like the roster once they were handing out the gold medals and dude, like the names on that team were fucking ridiculous. And E, do you remember like the guys that were on that team? Like, like just kind of off the top of your head. 
Well, uh, kind of, yeah. Like I know, I know the Brent. I think it was the Brendan Moros, Corey Perry's, Aginlas, Crosby's, yeah, all these guys. Like Brent Seabrook, Martin Broder, yeah. Roberto Luongo. In, Did Dan Hampus make that team? No, that was in 2014. 2014, yeah. Um, the one question I have for you, because I was genu- genuinely curious about this, was was that the best Team Canada ever assembled? I don't know. I think there's I, – I, I don't do a great job of following the international rosters, but I know – I even know during like some of the more disappointing ones, like isn't the Torino Olympics one of the best rosters too? No, Torino was awful. Well, I know the result was awful. Wasn't the roster good though? I don't know. You know, I think the one criticism from that team was that they tried to basically reassemble the team that they had in Salt Lake City in 2002. And so it was the age thing. Yeah, and the biggest critique was that Sid was actually eligible to play in 2006 and they didn't put him on the team. They said he yeah. was too young and they that went sus. I know. Anyway, you would never, was, you would never do that scared. nowadays. Like you would never look at McDavid and be like, "Hey, bud, maybe four years from now, you fucking loser." Like, yeah, <laughs> just not exactly. how it works now. But dude, like I was looking, at, like I was looking at this line and, or at this team, and the reason why I just bring it up is because this was the year that all the O three draft players were like five or six years into their careers. Like Jonathan Taves, dude, was twenty years old, and he made that team. Um, and like Corey Perry was like 25, Getz Laugh was 20. Like, dude, these kids were like they were young and now they're like veterans. So anyway, it just kind of got my mind racing a little bit. Um yeah. I wanted to see you, what your thoughts were. On that age point, like I will admit this kind of goes away from the Olympic hockey, but it's just in general. This is kind of the first big generation of hockey players that I've seen from their evolution, like from their first years all the way to their last years. Like like we've Crosby, Ovechkin, Taves, these guys, they're all coming to the end of their careers, like in the next five yeah. years kind of thing, yeah. like around there. Like yeah. that's nuts to think that you and I and, and all hockey fans out there of our age, like, yes, I was old enough to know the Naslins and Bertuzzi's. I wasn't old enough to comprehend what I was watching and, yeah. and the history behind it. Now it, it's crazy to watch that and think like, okay, now it's guys like McDavid and McKinnon who are going to be the guys for the next 10 years. Yeah, like it, it's it's wild to think that like, you know, like when I talk, like when we talk to our dads um, or, or moms or whoever just loves hockey, it's like, hey, like, who did you watch growing up? And, you know, some will say I watched Gretzky and Bobby Orr and Mario Lemieux. And, you know, and yeah. like my grandpa would say, like, Gordie Howe, like this was the generation for us. Like this was and it was dominated by two guys, Ovechkin and Crosby. That's it. There was no one else. Those were the two guys of our generation that always went toe to toe. That was our super mario and wayne gretzky yeah and i don't know about you like like gretzky and lemieux their names don't really hold much weight to them for me because i well, like i didn't watch a day in their life them, like yeah, yeah. And, and it's hard and like i'm not saying that like what they did or didn't do wasn't good i mean you see highlights they were really totally. awesome and amazing players but like i can't speak to how they played because like when i watch them on the ice you know they're not they don't seem quick you know, yeah. it's just their shots are still good and everything, but like the game was just different. You know, it's just like comparing fucking, you know, LeBron James to Michael Jordan. You know, there's a documentary on MJ, cool, but like, did I see it in the flesh? Like, did I see him take over a game or am I just watching all this dude's highlights packages yeah. that make him look sick, which he obviously is? 
Well, and and that documentary actually swayed me too. I feel like something about Gretzky or Lemieux could do the same for me. Like I, oh. I I know how great they were. I know statistically what they did. I know the highlight plays out there, but it's just it wasn't put in context for me. I don't really know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, interesting. So we can uh, move on. I, before we get to spoil it, I will mention because I know it seemed like throughout Al's interview, John Ashbridge was very very important to him and and kind of a mentor for him. And and I, I believe it was John Ashbridge who was the PA announcer for the 2010 Olympics. Okay. I just did a simple Google search and it says he also did the announcing for 2010. So not confirmed, but as far as I know, that was him. So yeah. shout out that guy. Sounds like Love a lot. Cool, um, cool. With that, we're jumping into spoiled. So our movie segment each week where choose a movie, fucking dummy it, and then come here and talk about it. Uh, this week was my pick. It was Gone Girl with Ben Affleck and Rosamund Pike. Uh, a rather twisted thriller, crime thriller, I would say, where Rosamund Pike and Ben Affleck are a a trouble in a troubled marriage where the the wife what was her I only know her by actress name what was the do you know know the character name Amy Dunn Amy Dunn that's right yes and the other guy was Nick Dunn Nick Dunn uh, yeah Nick Dunn fucked up <laughs> uh, that guy's uh, been pocketing that joke for a week yeah <laughs> so the the whole plot of the movie is that uh, Amy Dunn because she's so upset with her marriage and the way things have gone stage is a, a murder where it looks like Nick Dunn did it. Uh, and it's actually filmed in such a curious way where a lot of these facts aren't given to you in the beginning. They start to unravel and they start to show themselves as the story develops. Um, but yeah, on your guys' thoughts, was it a captivating movie? First of all, yes, it's very fun to watch and it's very easy to watch. Like it keeps you on the edge of your seat from the very beginning because it's like you slowly see the turnip of evidence. Like this is now evidence that's active in the case. Now this, 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 and that, right? And then well, it isn't until about like, sorry, go on. No, I was I was interjecting a stupid point. Go ahead. I was gonna say it isn't until like thirty or forty minutes. Then when it's like you have all this evidence against Nick's case, and it's kind of like portraying him as being a careless husband who obviously his wife has done something or has disappeared or something like that, and he's it it becomes very clear that he's being framed, but then does like a hard cut from Nick's perspective to Amy's perspective. And it just shows yeah. that she's actually like running away and she's, it's like confirming that she's staging the whole thing. Whereas before it was just kind of like speculation. Yeah. yeah. They do, they do a really interesting job of it. And the way that she had everything planned out too is pretty maniacal. Like she staged her own death, uh, escaped, left zero trace as to where she went. She was fully committed to killing herself in the movie, but Obviously, things took a little bit of a nasty turn, and then yeah, things didn't work jo- out. Josh, what were your thoughts initially? Um, you're an yeah, interesting I, guy because I can never peg the way you're going to go with a movie. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of a good way to put this because, like, I I was I watched the movie and I just found like it, again very similar to, and I guess you could probably argue this throughout any movie where like the first hour sometimes is very like i wouldn't necessarily say dry but like you're always wondering what's going on then like you're in the latter half and it's like everything just like fucking turns like it flips like i feel like we're seeing a trend in this segment where the movies that we've selected it's like first half is like not necessarily boring but it's very like informative with lots of information and then and then you see all that information you start to see like the results and it just like comes fucking crashing down. So Ben Affleck, I feel like he plays like a very like quiet kind of awkward dude in most movies. 
you know? Like, he's not anything, like, hilarious, but he just has, like, a very, like, somber tone to him. And I'm like, okay, yeah. like, I was looking at, what, or when I was watching this movie, I just kind of got that feeling. I'm like, okay, I'm like, this is going to be, like, a very, like, not, like, a sad type of thriller thing. So, anyway. I, I mean, overall, like, I, I liked it, but fucking, uh, what's the girl? Amy? Yeah. Amy. Amy's a batshit fucking crazy dude that girl dude if this is what it's like to be fucking married where like (laughs) i'm sorry i go out i know i think she staged the payment but like when the cop is talking to him about golf clubs yeah like that's good enough to fake your own death i'm like holy fucking shit like totally content being a hermit in my basement for the rest of my life well i don't want to get married the one scene that was really crazy that showed how fucked up she was was when obviously like faked her death and everything like that. And then Nick's trying to do investigating for the lawyer that he hired, whose name was Tanner. Mm-hmm. Um, and he goes, he, Tanner's like, you have to go talk to uh, the men that she dated in the past and see what happened to them. Mm-hmm. And he talks to the first guy at the bar who uh, she charged him with rape. And he's like, he's like, I never laid a hand on her. I never did this like that. And he's like, everything was essentially staged. Yeah. And yeah. like, you're kind of like, okay, like, that's a little bit strange. Like, obviously, you're kind of siding with that guy because of his story. And then it's like later on in the, at the very end when she's at like this like secluded lake house with a different gentleman who kind of like took her in. Um, you see her kind of like setting herself up for that like false rape kind of approach. Like, it was, it's, it's a fucked one. It like, it tugs on some very sensitive topics. Yeah. Like, I think the one thing I will say is like, it seemed like as she was doing this to like certain, guys it progressively got worse like the first like because like the guy first is like she like it almost seems like she i don't want to say like gets off but it almost seems like she gets off and like seeing these men like suffer yeah maybe they don't like treat her correctly um and the first one is like when he explains like the guy who was sexually assault assaulted he's like I got no jail time, but now I'm just like known as like a registered sex offender. Yeah. So that's yeah. like, that's kind of like, okay, that's pretty fucked. Like that's a, that's a weird way to like set the bar. Like it's pretty high. Yeah. yeah. Like faking your own death, trying to frame your new husband for murder. Yeah. And then it almost ties into Neil, Neil Patrick Harris's character. Yeah. The guy who took like, her in. Yeah. Guy that takes her and she's like, fuck you. I'm just going to kill you. Like, it's almost yeah. like it just, builds and she gets more and more fucking crazy which there's also well, if you're talking about the building thing there's one interesting thing that you didn't bring up too so neil patrick harris's character prior to um amy uh having the first like false accusations of the rape charges of that one guy she claimed to her parents that neil patrick harris's character was stalking her right so it's like you could almost say that like stalking the whole rape incident the faking your own death and then it's like killing neil patrick harris like it's just like slowly going up and up and up you know yeah. Yeah. And it's but wild. you you, you kind of get where I think I don't think this was a scale up event where she killed Neil Patrick Harris because it was like the next step for her. I think that was that was the alternative plan. Like it wasn't uh-huh. it wasn't so much that it was time to get off for killing someone. It was more like the one track mind plan was to fuck over Nick Dunn because yeah. like she was because of her, her reasons that she chose. And yeah. when her original plan didn't go the way it was supposed to when her money was stolen, when when Nick actually started coming up with a very viable defense and was figuring things out, then yeah. she had to readjust. And then she came up with, OK, I, if I can't get him the death penalty in Missouri, my next best thing is I'm going to come back 
Make yeah. his he's gonna life know, he's gonna hell. yeah i'm gonna make his life a living hell he's gonna know everything that happened to me he's gonna know why i did it and he's gonna have to live with it like that's that's like that's almost more fucking seductive or not seductive fucking vindictive than than the yeah. original plan it's fucked yeah. especially yeah, to show same. up like she like that scene where she shows up completely bloodied at home and then when they finally get home together alone and they go in the shower and she's just like like she's showering yeah. off blood looking him dead ass in the yeah. eye i was shook you know what i'm interested yeah. that they didn't Sorry, go on, Josh. Uh, my only thing is, I agree with that scene, Elijah. Like that was creepy as fuck. Have you guys ever seen Carrie? No. Okay. The Stephen King one, right? Yeah, the Stephen King one. Yeah. You have, right? Yeah. Yeah. Shades of that when I saw yeah, her. That's fucking oh. creepy. Anyway, the sorry. I've carry on. The one thing that I was gonna say, one scene that remained unused that I really wish they kind of touched on a little bit was when she was staying in Neil Patrick Harris's villa or her, her the secluded house or whatever the fuck it was. Like there was a camera system, and she knew that there was a camera system. Yeah, and again, like this goes back to her kind of like faking a rape and whatnot. She, I don't know, I don't think they touched on it at all. But remember the one scene where she like uh, waits till he leaves, and then she like throws like wine on her underwear and in, like dips her dress in, and kind of makes like a mess to show like as if she's bloody down there. And then she like runs up and throws herself against the against the glass panel window in front of one of the cameras. Yeah, like, pretends to be like screaming and crying. Like they never really did anything with that. So I want to, I kind of want to like see what the yeah i mean I the think move was with also, that there was also a part though when i forget who she's talking to but she's like there's cameras everywhere and like it was yeah. the detective in the in the, after yeah. she was in the hospital so oh yeah she, she was kind of like planning for them to go check out the cameras to kind of like solidify yeah. her yeah exactly her like cover, cover her own tracks and like yeah. as like a defense like she slit his throat out of self-defense yeah yeah but uh yeah. which was fucked too <laughs> like yeah. oh uh, okay i was I was I was gagging. Um, How much did her character like? So I'm just going to say Rosamund Pike, phenomenal actress, also stunning in the movie. She had me wrapped around her little finger, like the way she was playing it and and the way it was filmed. But like once she started going off the res, it was junked, dude. Yeah. Like like I was I was it does a 180 so quickly. What what did you guys think of her uh, her performance? Loved it. She did it really well. Yeah, Yeah, I thought she did awesome. I mean, like just it's not easy to play batshit crazy like, like yeah batshit yeah. crazy but also in a very like not in the humble way but in like a, a quieter way like be like a silent psych, yeah. i would say would kind of be a better choice of words yeah I, I thought she did really well and i feel like that meshed well with ben ben affleck's character and just ben affleck as an actor because like i said before just a very like dreary somber mm-hmm. actor but like he's also capable of like having like the occasional like outbursts like randomly. So I yeah. feel like yeah. that that worked well. Hey, Follow up question: uh, Ben Affleck's a hot dude, right? Like you you you'd let Ben Affleck ground and pound you? No, I don't find him. Oh, come attractive. on, I what are you talking about? I don't know. There's just something what about him. Fuck, I just dude? like just come his on. mannerisms are just like yeah, like I don't know. Yeah, but uh, but uh, the the girl or like the woman actress, oh yeah, she can do whatever she wants to me. Yeah, <laughs> like it's, like actually, I'm not gonna say that. That that's pretty bad. Good job. Yeah. Hey, way to hold You're back. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, why don't we fin- why don't we finish it up with a rating? Uh, I'll give myself an eight four. Thank you, Joshua. Uh, I'm gonna say an eight one. I am going to say an 8-3. This is probably the most aligned we've ever been on a movie. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Correct yeah. or not All correct. Part. The IMDb 
result was 8-1. So nice. No, there you go, Josh. Let's go. Agreed, <laughs> um, <fucking> so, <laughs> shout out this guy. So to wrap things up, though, we are gonna ba- we are gonna absolutely bury spoiled in the ground. Uh, Just the we'll way that uh, Amy tried to do with Nick. Yeah, we're yeah, gonna do. We're going to do to spoiled what Amy did to Neil Patrick Harris. And we're just going to surprise it out of nowhere. Boom, slash throat. You're done. Six feet <laughs> in the ground. Uh, spoiled's done. We're not doing it anymore. So we're going to come up with some new segments. We've got some ideas on the go. Um, stay tuned in our socials. We're going to be making some announcements on new segments. And we're going to be looking. The main point is we're going to be looking to get fans involved and listeners involved. So help us out. We always talk about how to help us out. Help us out by engaging with us on the Instagram stories like Josh will be running so effectively. And on the tw- on the tweeter out on there, and even on, we're gonna be doing some live shows later on too. So if, if you ever catch us live, throw us some questions, stuff like that. Um, I think that's about it, right, boys? Anything else? That's it. That's All it. Right. That's episode twenty four for the people out there counting. Twenty four. Go back to listen to episode forty nine of season one or episode fifty. Get yourself a throwback. Brought to you by DraftKings promo code THPN. Signing off. Oh, harder, baby.